everybody! It's your old friends, I'm Monday Madness, and welcome back to the Jellyfield Donut Podcast. Yay! Here we go again. Here we go again indeed. Um, so, we are on episode 22 of our uh, watch-along of the Indigo League, the Pokemon series that we all remember from our childhoods. Absolutely. With the biggest rose-tinted glasses we could find. <laughs> um, but in fairness... In fairness, these were a good set of episodes. We were on a good set here, I have to say. We just said goodbye to Butterfree, because we, yeah. we don't need him again now for the rest of the series. And we're never going to look, look back and go, what would Butterfree have done in this situation? I don't think you even hear any reference to him again. No, he's just, he's, just, he's, he's retconned. Yeah. Completely. Like, if he, He's gone, he's gone to live in a farm, James. And that's all we need to know. What are you talking about? You never had a Butterfree? No, never, never had a Butterfree. And anyone who says that is a big liar. Mm. Um, and yeah, so the next few episodes we're going to be talking about are all in the same arc, excitingly enough. Um, this is the start of the Sabrina arc. So this episode is called Abra and the Psychic Showdown. So I think it's fair to say we might like explain why this is a bit of a, a bit of an interesting choice, the, the kind of this early in the series. So if you know your games, uh, Red, Blue and Yellow... Um, there is a certain kind of order to do the gyms in. So, obviously, we've done the first three already uh, as, yeah. per the, as per the TV show. So, you have Brock starting off, Misty, and then Lieutenant Surge. Those yeah. are always your three. Now, there is obviously an order. The next one you should be going to is Celadon, which is you face off Erica, who's the grass-type master. Yeah. And you have a bit of a journey to go to get to her, so that yeah. normally gives your break from, like, okay, you're like going to be 18 to 20 against both Misty and Surge. Hmm. And you have a nice chunk of a break, and then it's like, okay, now we're in the high 20s against Erica until... Yeah, they, they throw in a bit of rocket shenanigans at these yeah. points to, to stretch out the gym leaders then, which, is oft, which has been the case for all games anyway. Yeah. They, they often have the gym leader, the gym, the gym challenge and the plot are two very different parts of the, of the, of the, of the game, yeah. and you just chop and change between them. Uh, unless there's a sword and shield where you just forget about the plot altogether and just go for it. <laughs> no, no, the plot's not happening to you. You're, you're too young for the plot. Let's just move on. <laughs> oh, this really amazing graphical shit is happening off screen. <laughs> it's a giant Pokemon just off screen. Oh no, my god, you're dyna- Dynamaxing. Oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> oh my god, we're all getting crushed. Please don't look at us. <laughs> Um, yeah. there's no sign of that at all no at all no um, um, so yeah so naturally Erica would be the fourth gym leader the next one then technically mm-hmm. is Koga who's number five in the yeah. list he's down in Fuchsia City so that's even a bigger track down yeah because um, you have to go through uh, Lavender Town Fuchsia City um, all the there's a huge fucking route in between there and that gets your levels up yeah Safari Zone Surf and all this sort of there's stuff there's plenty to do plenty to do there and then technically you go back to Saffron City to face Sabrina and um, and appropriately enough, um, the way the game kind of works out, there's actually two gyms in, in Saffron City. There's a fighting dojo yeah. that was the official gym, and then Sabrina came in, wiped the floor with them because psychic types are fucking like dangerous shit in Generation One. Absolutely, uh, they're broken, very, very broken. And what I like about it is that's kind of replicated in the TV show as well. They they treat psychic Pokemon as if they're a unique breed that you have to be good at. Yeah, like dragons. No. What's weird is they kind of did this same thing with a uh, with Gen Four with yes. Sinnoh. That um, in the original games, I think it was Fantina was normally the sixth gym. Yes. And then when Platinum came around, she was reckoned into fourth gym. That's right. Yes, I was about to say. Yeah. And again, that was because anime. Mm. But that didn't happen here. Whenever we got to Yellow. They still were like, no, they still no, Sabrina's Sabrina. still way too far on. And in fairness, it makes sense. It makes sense that she's the sixth one because like, um, oh, yeah, but well, they, it could be they, the seventh, as we said last week. Like, yeah. You could have done the first. It didn't make sense that they gave her, they wrecked on her team into an opera. 
Yeah. She's like, yeah. she's one of the last gym leaders and still has an Abra. Mm. But much to the point, like, I mean, it made such a big deal of just Abra and Kadabra. If they had yeah. gone with the full whole hog of, like, here's all the psychic type Pokemon, like, she would have been unbeatable. The, like, if she was, if Ash was having trouble with a Kadabra, mm-hmm. he wasn't going to beat a Hypno, and he certainly wasn't going to beat an Alakazam. Yeah. So that's the way they kind of looked at it that way. I think let alone Mr. Mind. Yeah, oh, for Jesus Christ, yeah. I mean, that, that, that trick, that tricky little boy, you Can know. Female Mr. Mind yeah. in yeah. Uh, Gen 2. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Is uh, one of the weird ones. Mm. Okay. Yeah. No, he's right. He's right. He's right. What he's saying. But um. But yeah, like, like I said, it's it's. I think it works with the story as well. What they're what they're telling instead of the uh, instead of. But this is a surprise to hit that Saffron City first and not like anything else. So it's it's weird. Anyway, so um, the episode does start off with an image of a girl in a white dress and hat, and we're going to see this girl quite a lot in the next few episodes. Um, she has a ball in her hand. She's sitting on the lap of this kind of darker figure sitting on a throne-like chair. Mm-hmm. Um, so very creepy start starting off. Um, the figure's eyes start shining red as it closes up on the uh, eye, which is a human eye. That's a, that starts fading in, and we just hear a voice that says, "Time for us to play." It's a good visual because in, in the kind of the in the eye is a war we see Ash, uh, Missy, Brock, Pikachu. They're all walking somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it fades in from the eye to where they actually are, which is kind of like a, a grassy area. So. Very nice bit of uh, transitions here for starting off, like a bit of like actual foreboding, which makes sense because it's you know it just psychics. sets tone really well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's, it's psychics. You know, it makes sense. Um, so the narrator starts jumps in from this point, then saying that you continue the journey in a dark forest, more than the danger is just around the corner. Um, and again, once again, they're, they've lost their way because again, it wouldn't be a Pokemon episode if they got fucking lost. I mean, didn't they just say the last episode if they cross that bridge? Yes. And keep following that path, they can mm-hmm. start from city. Yes. Well, we're day one. Well, they <laughs> ended up in a warehouse in the middle of nowhere trying to rescue some Butterfree. So, like, they got, they got blown off course with those whirlwinds. And, they, and so did the Butterfree, funny enough, yeah. <laughs> uh, or at least some of them did. But, uh, but yeah, like, uh, they, Ash uh, obviously stops and then sarcastically asks Misty if this is the way to Saffron City. Oh, you're a girl. You can't read maps, lol. Um, which is true, by the way. Scientific fact. Um, so <laughs> Missy Jackie's back <laughs> just because I'm not good at saying the direction does not mean I don't know where I'm going look left you had to think about it you had to think about it that was the worst part he's like shit where am I <laughs> um, we just had like burp out the head north she just starts spinning like a compass it's, it's gas um, so Missy Jackie's back saying that actually sense direction is so bad he couldn't find himself in a mirror which I think was... Well, I, I actually quite like that line, yeah. in fairness. Um, Ash then snaps back saying that Missy cracks mirrors and then Brock tells everyone to please shut the fuck up. <laughs> because even I'm sick of this shit right now and I'm constantly horny. Like, I have my own problems and you two are just mm-hmm. completely ruining my flow. Um, and yeah, they just keep going like... Uh, Brock says the line, neither of you just want to stand here and insult each other. And they go, yes, we do. <laughs> um, but then Brock snaps saying that he doesn't want to hear any of it. So it's actually Brock that's trying to take control of the situation here. For a change, and as he's trying to keep, uh, he started started to rant here at this stage. But they heard laughing from elsewhere, and uh, we do see the little girl. She's bouncing a ball through this kind of like local fog. Um, a girl dressed in Victorian era outfit. Yes, which you know, not creepy, not creepy at all. No, no it's, it's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with it. And um, Ashton tries to say hello, asking if she lives near here, and she probably wants to be living in a, in a creepy ass looking forest. And the, the girl just giggles and runs away from them. Um, Ash then chases after her again desperate for directions here but uh, the girl keeps continuing and she disappears into the woods into some sort of level of darkness 
Ashton shouts, shouts that they do need directions, but when she when he runs into darkness, um, there's a precipice. An actual cliff face just appears in front of him. Um, and Ashton tries to stop himself in time, but tips over and starts falling down the cliff face. So there's a really cool like shot here of like Ash like um, falling to his death. But it's turns. Yeah, it is nice. It's good, yeah. yeah. Shame it didn't happen. Um, and he just turns and like throws Bulbasaur um, back up the cliff face and conveniently lands uh, where he needs to, di- needs to be. And essentially, uh, the <laughs> then he bubbles or grabs him in the vines, yeah. and, and that stops Ash's fall. So um, Bro- Missy and Brock then ask if he's uh, if he's okay, which oh, is he's just hanging out here. Oh uh, yeah, but on the dish. And uh, yeah, so your second practice bad puns. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't use a bad pun. But then again, he was falling to his death. It's not really the right time for it, you know. Absolutely, in time for it. I, I wouldn't be. That was the fucking. If that was me. Fuck that. Like, um, and yeah, yeah, as he does. Um, uh, the uh, they ask if he's okay. He's breached the safety by Bulbasaur, and Ash then says, "Oh, that was a close call." And Misty, and Misty asks about the mysterious little girl. Ash doesn't know where they are, but mm-hmm. we don't know where he where she's gone. But he knows where they are, and uh, you see the beautiful city lights of Saffron City. Mmm, taste all that light pollution. Mmm, delicious. And Misty marvels at the sight of the um, of the inner city like horrors of Saffron City. Um, now, obviously, like being the being the original games, like Saffron City doesn't seem that big, yeah. but it's a map. Like it's broad, it's made out of like a grid, so yeah. it's meant to be like kind of like a your 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 main hub, your main hub city. Yeah, yeah. It basically connects you to everywhere you've been before mm. at that stage. The weird thing is, I don't remember it being the biggest city. Like Celadon is the biggest city, as far as I can remember, just from, from area alone. But Saffron is like packed. It's just nothing but buildings, so, so it looks like a city. Not Celco building. Yeah, like, that's that's the center of it in yeah. a sense. Um, but like I said, even from the isn't from, the um, arcade there? No, that's Celadon. That's Celadon. Yeah, um, and yeah, like, like I said, I feel like Celadon is like the biggest shopping center of Celadon. I know. I looked. At, uh, I know Cel because it's Cel it on in the shopping center. That's, I always remember it though. It. I. I like the way you think, but it really wasn't for that. No. <laughs> but no, that's how I remember. Yeah, it Celadon. Was. If I ever needed to buy something, I'd like, sell it on. Yeah, but it was, it was <laughs> see the safari zone was in fuchsia and you couldn't catch a kangaroo. Like, Fuck it, fuchsia. Fuck shit. There we go. That works. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, as, as I said, they they accidentally reached Saffron City, which is nice. And um, Brock then mentions obviously the Saffron gym leader is Sabrina, and defeating her earns you a marsh badge. So Sabrina, mm. um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was a show I would have watched along the same time as this yes. program at the same age group. Mm-hmm. And there's an episode of Sabrina where she has a Molly dolly, mm. which is very much how I I just in my own head canon yes. created the link that the Molly dolly from Sabrina, which is like this cursed doll yes. that is like trying to kill everyone, is the doll from this, and yeah. that it was created by evil Sabrina in the Pokemon world. But if you, like if anyone is listening to this or watching this on uh, the various channels that Platforms, are on, yeah. uh, have a look at the Molly Dolly and Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, and the this creepy little child from <laughs> this episode of Pokemon. In, in fairness, like you could be right because these did come out around the same time, and uh, that's not to say that the one didn't inspire the other. But like it because they're in this kind of the same environment, and they would have been Japanese names themselves, and then translated in. Yeah, it could be that that could be a connection. Like you know, we'll have to look and see, but um. But yeah, it's a it's a curious one in that sense because like Sabrina is kind of like the more she's definitely one of the more standoutish um, trainers overall. Like her, her look is very distinctive, and um, she gets like quite a lot of uh, 
quite a lot of love in most of the uh, yeah in in most of the games as well. Like she's kind of seen as a bit of a big deal. Um, but as far as I can see here, I, as far as I know, she's not actually the uh, connected to Sabrina Teenage Witch at all. You no, think no, so? But yeah. I think it's I, it could very well be just a coincidence. Um, in my own head, canon, um, it, I've made it a thing. Yeah, well, just pointing out the air day for both of them. Mm. The Sabrina episode was Halloween 1998 for yeah. the Dolly episode. The air date for the um, Avaran Psychic Showdown originally in America mm. was seventh uh, of October 1998. Ooh. Ooh. Same that, month. Same month. Yeah, it is a coincidence. Like um, I'm actually just looking at looking at it here. So. Uh, if we are trying to flesh out this like shared universe they may have, like, well, first of all, there's no black cat, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Um, but so there is a talking cat. There is a talking cat. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Um, but uh, I do believe the actual name Sabrina comes from. Uh, I think it's a psychic, as in the it's it's a it's a corruption of that name. But it could very well be a reference to the teenage witch. Sabrina was also an Archie character. That's. Um... You know, like Jughead and... Yeah, ah, yeah. That, that is what the Sabrina, that, that TV show is like... Was, was based on, yeah. Um, and obviously in, in, in Japan, look, she would have had her Japanese name for a long time anyway. She was, uh, her name was Natsume. So I don't, I don't know if they kind of came from that. But also, fun fact, while I'm here, um, in France, so mm-hmm. in every other language, she's either called Natsume or, or Sabrina. But in France, she's called Morgane. And the reason she's called that is Morgane Le Fay, who was a powerful sorceress uh, in the Thurian Legends. There's also Morgan in Sabrina. Yes, like I did this all. Yes. And again, if again we've on the on the Madness Channel, we have just finished playing Ace Attorney. Yeah, please stay tuned for a future podcast where we dissect old episodes of Sabrina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's there if you want it, lads. Just just throwing it out there. We'll just leave that hanging. But um, but again, like, uh, in Ace Attorney, there's the Faye sisters yeah. and the Faye family. The mother is called Morgan Faye. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. It's all in a shared universe. So Ace Attorney... All connected. Sabrina, Pokemon, Ace Attorney, and Sabrina Teenage Witch are all yeah. in a shared universe. You've heard it here first, folks. We've just cracked <laughs> this case wide open. Take that! Take fucking that. Again, there was a pose in the last episode. Yeah. It happens. It's there. It's staring at us. Right, so. Ash warns us to be ready as we get our title screen. We get a shot of the uh, Hotel DX, which I found was a very odd name for a hotel. Yeah. Apparently that's where you break it down. I don't know. Um, pans down to see the uh, team. Get out. <laughs> it took you a second. It took you a second. They're not They're not. You can listen back. I, it took me a second to say. <laughs> I think, come on, we're on the low blows. I think I have one wrestling reference in per episode. Like, And, and now everyone's going to be looking back on like, Where was the one from last week? <laughs> very subtle, lads. You have to listen now for it. Um, pants down to see the team uh, walking through the Saffron City gates, which literally says Saffron City. It's definitely not replaced with, from Kanji. Um, Ash marvelling at the size of the town, but suddenly poppers go off around them. Yes, they are getting bombed again, shockingly. Um, Brock thinking it's some kind of ambush, because apparently that happens a lot with Brock. I mean, not even five episodes ago they were being attacked by Tentacle and Tentacle. This is true, and, so. they, and, they, and they did use explosives at that time, so yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely traumatised in yeah. that sense. Um, but instead, Ash is given a lay, a uh, kiss on the cheek by two girls in the wine outfits. The two girls say, congratulations to the winners. Now, I'm not going to say this is a trap, but the two sound very familiar. I don't know if it comes across. Yeah. Look, there's only so many voice actors that this show hires. So. That's true, actually, yeah. In fair, I thought she said, there was like the, 
I forgot to say this in the last episode, but the girl that releases the Butterfree that Brock fancies yep. is clearly Missy's voice actor. Oh, yeah. And it, she just like, <laughs> she goes, oh, I'm slightly deeper because I'm a teenager. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, no, you're not fooling anyone, lads. Um, just I legit, after hearing that, I was thinking, oh, they must just be the same thing. They just got Jesse's yeah. voice actor to do the two, the two voices. But um, Ash, I love this as well. Like, so Stacey graduates to winners. Ash immediately doesn't believe it, saying, how could they have won by just walking into town, Right. And then the one rambles on saying, you're the millions, 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 and first, millions, millions, and second, blah, blah, blah. Right. I did the maths, right? So they are, in fact, the six millionth and sixth visitor to Saffron City. How do you work that out? Because it said a millionth, a millionth, first, millionth, a millionth, and millionth, and second, a millionth, a millionth. I was like, a millionth, a millionth, and first, millionth, second, millionth, third. So when you add them all together, it's six million, six million and six. Oh my gosh. Which makes me think that, like, okay, this could have worked, but you're doing them as literal palindromes. Which, by the way, if you're the millionth visitor to Saffron City, you're feeling fucking short-changed there if you give it to the guy <laughs> behind you. You know, and you have to wait for another million and then another two million. Like, that's just, yeah. no, it's, it's bollocks, like. And clearly they should have figured it out from there. And the two start humming along and dancing like it's kind of, like, the, obviously the Hawaiian tradition. And they must have had a trip to Alola um, while they were here, but however. Um, Ash, this was them first off testing the water to see how would people react. And then 18 years later, they finally bit the bullet and yeah. left it plan. Like, yeah. Um, Ashton changes the tune going like well they're doing it if you wind down tell them to who am I to disbelieve them and uh, he says their look has finally turned around so we see a tower and skyscraper that's definitely not Sylph Company mm-hmm. some doors open with the two Hawaiian girls prom the team into the grand prize room and um, doors close the two stand in front of it give each other a look and again if you haven't figured out this already folks um, in fairness <laughs> um, Pikachu has grabbed is grabbed by a pair of rubber gloves one of the girls drops the, uh, their, um, their uh, stuff Saying, uh, thank you for the Pikachu. It drops her accent, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, Ash then tries to uh, get it back. But the other girl says they've earned a trip through the warp tile. Um, which again, tells you that it's actually Silk Company. Because they are uh, using them. Actually, Team Rocket always used warp tiles. They yeah. always, in all their yeah. facilities. And um, makes you wonder how they got that technology in the first place. But fair enough. Yeah, maybe they're working with Silk Co. <laughs> yeah, the, no, that, that, can, that can't be the case. <laughs> Team Rocket in Silk Company... That's a, that's a conspiracy. No. That's a conspiracy, James. Corporate espionage and stuff. That's it, yeah. Um, so they all get shoved back. That pushes Ash gets shoved back himself. That pushes the other two onto the tile. They all get transported elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and the girl then now with James's voice has Pikachu's mouth covered and says that was easy. Um, so yeah, it's very evident. I will say at least the makeup on James's side is a lot better than, than no. previously. Yeah. Like, I mean, we were not a few episodes ago looking at his very fake inflatable tits. At least yeah. now he's got his, like, his gear right this time you know he may he may put an effort into it this time although it does actually now show there is a pattern now of James cross-dressing yeah so you know he's clearly comfortable with himself seems that way yeah yep. there you go he's a very he's a very attractive man <laughs> and uh, yeah he tries to uh, he tries to make it work whenever he can so the three warp into this kind of empty room with kind of like weird tiling on the wall the, the walls the roofs they all have the same kind of like weird tiling on it and um, Ash still thinks it's the grand prize room somehow still not recognising oh my pig has been kidnapped and we've just been, like, warped to transport it somewhere in this building. Where's the prize, I wonder? <laughs> Missy then has to tell him, oh, dude, it's a trap. Like, pay attention. And Brock then is noticing that there's no doors or windows in this room. And we hear Jesse's voice speaking over to the speaker saying, uh, the warp tile is the only way in or out of this room. Milo then moves in front of the team as the two Hawaiian girls appear on screen, saying it's the premiere. Prepare for trouble, make a double show. Now, what, 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 where are we 
heard that that phrase before, oh, folks. Like right? a lot of people say it. To be fair, like it's like one of those things where it's like instead of like hi bye, it's prepare for trouble. Make it double. double. Yeah. You know, it's just it's that is actually how thing. we say goodbye after these sessions. Yeah. That is how um, you order a coffee as well. And then so and then suddenly for some reason an R is written on your Starbucks like Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's a barista artwork. Yes. <laughs> artwork. Uh, <laughs> no, that's how it works. It's actually what there's, there's a Starbucks in town that has an that has like a downstairs Team Rocket basement. Yeah. Which you have to like order the coffee, then find a poster, pulse the switch, walk down the stairs <laughs> and you're there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the screen says please stand by as they change their costumes we see the clothes and wigs flailing all over the place and they're back into their normal uh, rocket fatigues although they're slightly out of breath and doing so and um, Ashton finally sees what's happened five minutes after everyone else as always and uh, he's just realised that both have kissed him uh, on the cheek Yeah. so yeah that's a again it's good for James to be comfortable in the sexuality that's yeah. fair um, and he rips up the lane disgusting yeah, kissing as he would. children though that's probably not that, that's a bit of, that's a bit of a, a, a dash of nonce is what yeah. you say there yeah very very strong dash of nonce and um, Misty and Brock then both laugh at it going like <laughs> some, a, a man kissed you on the cheek yeah that, that, that's not problematic at all um, Rock has then performed their motto, motto through the monitor but um, <laughs> what I like about this they're doing the, the motto and then the trio all get bored of it and they just start having like traditional Japanese tea yep. yeah. so they're around the table the shoes are off the whole lot like now it's a I will admire their commitment to the joke yeah. to go like hang on let's get the tea table out yeah. right, shoes off lads let's let's properly we can't escape from this room but let's all have our traditional garb on exactly us. yeah I, I mean like to as mind games go that is uh, that's pretty good like um, so Missy remarks the show is boring and Ash believes it's going to get cancelled in they have a tea up and they're being like real kind of like tea <laughs> movie critics so, you know like fucking um, so Rocket takes offence to this and thinks that they've got something to get their attention and they do it's Pikachu tied up and uh, gags essentially with me out holding in position so yeah Pikachu's been held for ransom here I like it and yeah. um, Ash runs towards the monitor gets cut out as he demands Pikachu back uh, we've seen Team Rocket at the, at the controls Jesse says there's something wrong Meowth says it's uh, to turn it back on because obviously that's how it works. James says uh, nothing is working. So uh, Meowth says, well, this is what happens when you work with amateurs because clearly Meowth is a professional in this group. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's why he has all the great ideas and good jokes. And um, Meowth then tries to get everyone's attention, which is obviously elsewhere. Uh, and he then just asks, who's the little girl? And indeed, it is the same girl we've been seeing from the forest and at the start of the show standing Hi, in the room. Dally. Yeah. Hmm. She's gonna get you. <laughs> Your mother played our games in hell. Um, Jesse and James smugly say she can't be here as they approach her. The girl smirks and starts glowing in a bluish light, which we'll see quite a lot in this. And um, Team Rocket are then frozen mid stride, and as they and they say they can't move. Meowth doesn't understand what's going on, and he thinks they've got to chill to the point where they've actually been frozen in fucking position. So as he's distracted, the girl has freed Pikachu and teleports away with it. And uh, yeah, so uh, Pikachu's free again. Now, typically we would do like a what should Rocket do here, but like there's not much Rocket can do when a psychic girl just appears and takes shit off you. I mean, that that will derail any plan you have. Taunting Ash was a mistake. It was, yeah, it like, was. They could he have... probably wouldn't have even noticed Pikachu was gone for at least another ten minutes. You could have they actually could have made brought it their in. Escape. So I'm put, putting my claim down. What would Rocket do? It should have just. Taken Pikachu and left and let yep. Ash figure out. One, one takes an Pikachu, the other indulges him in a grand don't prize. Even, room. Don't even send Brock and Misty in as well. Yeah. Send them into a different room. 
Yeah, to be fair, like there's there's, there's so many ways around this. Yeah. Work tile, put him in a room. He didn't have a way out. Yeah, and like if they had just beelined it out of there. Mm. But again, like again, no matter what ideas we have, like it clearly it's just gonna get derailed every single time. But it's oh, like yeah. a girl, so it's just like it, it's much of a muchness. But at least, at least we have some mild suggestions for next time, whenever that may be. Um, although again, they're frozen for a while, so um, there could be could be waiting a while for that one. Um, so yeah, uh, they hear a giggle behind them as they're as the as Ash is shouting at the monitor for Pikachu, and the girl is there holding the Pikachu. She releases it back into Ash's arms and ask, uh, does ask a question that everyone knows the answer to. Were you the one to rescue Pikachu? She nods. Ash is very thankful for that. The girl smirks again, starts glowing, and the team starts looking a bit like, okay, this is weird. Girls, little girls don't normally do this. You know, they're not all sucking psychics. So uh, she points at them then, and they all get teleported out of the room, which was a random act of kindness all the same. Uh, they, appear on the, they appear on the streets of Saffron City. There's a bit of a, a fog around them. So... For kind of full disclosure, I thought they were going somewhere with this, but in actuality, they were just there all night. Basically, they were like it was night yeah. when they got in, and then when they were teleported out, it was like dawn essentially. Yeah, and um, which kind of makes you wonder, like, what was Team Rocket doing in that time? <laughs> like, like, some time has clearly passed there, or maybe they just like she, they were just held in a in in a in suspension until they yeah. teleported out. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so uh, Ash then looks around. Or I, sorry, I should say. They appear in the streets of Saffron City. They all look a bit confused. Uh, Ash, presuming the girl did something to get them out of there. And Brock quips, uh, they should be okay once they don't win any more prizes. Which is fair. Um, so Ash does look around and sees a large uh, dome-like building. And uh, it turns out to be the gym, shockingly enough. He tries to figure out what it is. Uh, but as he does, this kind of uh, bearded guy uh, jogs up to them and says, uh, uh, How could you not recognise the great Sabrina's gym, Mama Baby? The gen- he continues to jog on the spot as he's talking to them and Ash uh, says he wants to challenge the Pokemon League and he uh, and the guy says no you, you should leave yeah bad things are going to happen I mean in fairness there are more than eight gyms that you can attempt we know there is another gym in Saffron City we know that like Gary got ten badges by the time he challenged the League that's so true if you're seeing something I don't know we're saying this I'm jumping yeah, 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 up yeah. and saying this but this is beyond Ash being able to do. It's weird, isn't it? He should be able to heed, and even Brock and Misty, former gym leaders, mm. know don't fuck with Sabrina. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Like, well, I, I find it very surprising that like all the gym leaders kind of like, at least in the cartoon show, don't know each other. You know, because like um, they're aware of each other. Like Brock said, he knew who the Cerulean gym leader was, but wouldn't tell Ash, give Ash advice one yeah. way or the other out of fairness. Mm. Like well, there was a kind of a cult to it. Yeah. No, yeah, Ash, you're gonna have your ass handed to you. And even then, like as you said, like if Gary has ten badges, like he had to get them from somewhere. Yeah. So either he did fuck off the Jodo and cheated. <laughs> I don't know, but like even if, if that's the case, though, then like who who else was out there? You know, so like, more could... more than two because uh, Ash was the only guy who got the Earth badge at the end of it. That's true. Yeah, and I don't think he would have gotten the Cinnabar badge. Because that mm. was fairly rare for Ash to have gotten that one. That is true, actually, as well. Yeah. So, like again, it kind of begs the question. I think at this point of the show, they didn't like they had not set in stone that there was just eight badges. Yeah. Because like in other like series, they just go like, oh, here's your eight badges, collect them and go. Yeah. Like they kind of like had written this in as if they could have had their own like as our custom gym leaders and so yeah. forth. Yeah. But then realize actually no, let's just stick with the game. It's easier. Yeah. And I think at this point they were deciding, well, you could have had a choice. Like all the characters that they've created themselves are like creepy old man, mm. hag woman, creepy old man, 
I, yeah. I can't think of anyone else who's been uh, kind of introduced introduced just in the Miss, Misty with a lower voice <laughs> <laughs> other miscellaneous girl yep. like yeah. they're they're all just like awful there's mm. no yeah there's no creative thought on it to any extra player like so if they're going to create their own gym it would probably be like an actual gym yes the leader is gym <laughs> Yeah, no, in fairness, that's probably why they didn't do it. They're, they're going like, they, yeah, like the TV writers are going like, okay, we want to make our own gin. And like the guys in Japan go, that's nice. No, no, really, that's cute. I'd love to see you try. No, no, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. Go on, go on. Um, it, it's such a difference because, like, I remember what, reading the manga. And uh, again, if you really want to get into Pokemon, I thoroughly recommend the manga for this. Because, like, half the gym leaders are all in Team Rockets. Yep. And... If I'm not, I could be, I'm going to have to try and wrap my head around this. Now, I know that Missy and Brock are fine. They're not in it. Erica isn't. Um, but the rest of them are. So, like, Lieutenant Surge is, like, a kind of like a, a boot camp. Yep. Uh, like a slave driver for them. Um, and I believe Koga is a trainer as well for for, like, for Team Rocket. I wasn't sure about Koga, but, yeah, I know Sabrina is. I know Blaine is. Blaine, Blaine was the guy who made Mewtwo. Yeah. That was, that's the, that's a kind of his in, in the manga. It's not in the, it's, it's kind of implied in the, in the, in the games himself. And I can't recall how he went the TV show. I think he just went with, like, a mad scientist gimmick for him. Um, and a, a guy called Dr. Fuji. Dr. Fuji, yes. Yeah, Which we will get to later. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah so it was like a case of like and Sabrina was like a top lieutenant in Team Rocket hence why she's in Saffron City that's the logic there that she was actually part of the of the organisation yeah which is a bit of a disappointment in the game they never really tapped into that you know but I guess they just had like a miscellaneous challenge for someone else but yeah it's, yeah. it's kind of interesting how like uh, they were actively writing the gyms as they went so like you could have if you didn't want to challenge Sabrina you could have went somewhere else but they didn't set that in stone in a sense um, so Ash asked him to uh, tries to ask him why we shouldn't challenge Sabrina, and he's just run off. He's just fucked off straight away. Yeah. Um, and I like how he's running as if he's holding a backpack, but there's no backpack straps. It's the way people jog. Like you yeah, grab yeah. onto your like your shoulder, your shoulder. pulling yourself forward, pulling yourself forward. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Come on, I've, I've seen people do it all the time. It's fine. Haven't we been all watching the Olympics? Exactly. That's, that's how you won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why they have the band, the the, the, the vest straps. So they yeah. just grab the vest and yeah, eat themselves forward. So yeah. you either have people narrative running. Yeah. You're running the arms behind yourself to, yes. to make yourself go faster. We have to, we have or, to, we have to, we have the Velma run, which uh, Raheem Sterling does all the time. That's very, <laughs> that's very effective. That's very, very dynamic, and it works very well. Yeah. Or you, you have the people who pull themselves along. Yes. In fairness, like I do want to to live in a world where in the Olympics, like you do have to do the hundred meters, but as Naruto. Because <laughs> I mean, how wonderful would that be? It's like okay, you, you don't like like sprinters have the wrong way, but they have to do it in a particular style. It's like that's that that's Japan. You miss a chance. You miss your fucking chance. Uh, maybe next, maybe next time. And um, so yeah, uh, they um, they walk in because Ash says you have to you have to enter the league with the with, with the marsh badge because apparently again maybe there's some badges you have to get and some are optional. I don't know. Uh, the door slide open. Everyone walks in and. Ash calls for everyone, but the room, which is all pillars and lamps, uh, mm-hmm. completely empty. Not a noise at all. It's very strange. Uh, Missy noting how creepy the whole place is. As they continue, and uh, they stop when they see a green door uh, on one of the sides of the, of the walls. Um, they peek through the window and they look surprised when they see people wearing white coats, uh, handing spoons, and others holding character symbols on them. So, mm-hmm. uh, we will find out that this is a psychic training camp. And I'm not going to lie, lads. I don't know why... This like Pokemon uh, universe thinks that like scientists mm-hmm. or people who look like scientists are also trained to be psychics. Like that, like we have the garb is white coat, mask, mask. Yeah, we see a mask as yeah. well. Yeah, 
And so Just if you need a reminder of what year we're doing this rewatching. <laughs> it's all normal now, but that one guy was ahead of fucking. He was a psychic. He saw it coming. That's why he was wearing a mask. He knew it was coming. Um, and yeah. Please, two meters. <laughs> Get away from me. My accident hates you. Yes, no, I'm still trying to figure out where I'm from. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, so it's, it's the, according to the Pokemon universe, all psychics dress in white lab coats. And they're clearly white lab coats because they're in the same uh, gimmick. Turtlenecks, right? You've got your smart trousers and your smart shoes. That is your psychic uniform. Yeah. And I'm thinking, where on God's green earth do you dress like that to be a psychic? Where is the psychic laboratory I can go into is to get so, my training? Is it, is it to like blend in with the normal crowds so that they don't know you're psychics? Because like, psychics, if you think of a psychic, like it's probably all frills and draperies and mm. sequins and stuff like that is what I would have. Tassels. Um, you're kind of going like a more like the kind of the gypsy route in yeah, a sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, maybe, like, maybe it's like a rank of psychic. You have the um, low tier ones who think it's all about pizzazz. Yes. And then you have the ones who are like, no, they're scientists. It's a scientific approach to psychics. Yes. Yes. And that's lab books. That is a fucking strange sentence to say. <laughs> anyway, um, my fucking chemistry uh, degree is burning behind <laughs> me as I'm saying that. Um, so one person uh, tried to guess what was on the card, got it wrong, while another one tries to bend the spoon with her mind, and yes. she does. All credit to her. So Ash tries to figure out what this is, and again we hear like a, a man in a white coat and face mask approaching, asking what they are doing here in a very strange kind of like meant to be. It's kind of meant to be like a European accent. I think he's kind of meant to be like a a Romanian or kind of like Eastern European accent because he's a very kind of like a harshness to the way he speaks. Yeah, not Russian, but like in like the kind of the Balkans is what yeah. I'm kind of getting from that. Um, and Ash explains he's here for Pokemon Battle Challenge for the Marsh Badge, and again we were talking about him. He's like a big tall guy. Wearing a face mask, so he's clearly trying to keep the psychicness in inwards. If he opens his mouth, it's just like psychic, just bone blue blast out of his mouth. You'd imagine because they're all using spoons that like his mouth is just full of metal shards. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. He just opens it and it's all spoons. <laughs> the man retorts saying that he, uh, he you want the challenge of great Sabrina, as if it's like a fucking circus attraction. Although in France, with her psychic power, she could make a killing on that circuit. And yeah. um, Missy changed the topic and asking what those people were doing in that room. He scoffs, saying they know so little, and yet they want to challenge Sabrina. And um, he chuckles and holds out the spoon to the confusion of everyone else. Starts tensing up, the face goes red, starts sweating until the be- spoon bends by itself. Mm-hmm. An impressive strength, uh, an impressive uh, show of uh, psychic yeah. ability there. Um, it's just a shame it's all fake. Um, Ash asks uh, if he's uh, got a headache, but the man explains it's telekinesis. And uh, again, this is where we're, we're getting the, the fact that we're hyping up the stronger Pokemon here. You can't control a psychic type unless you can use telekinesis. Yeah. So you have to be able to communicate with them to that. Um, and uh, this is where Ash shows his complete fucking ignorance. He smugly says, telekinesis is good. He grabs a spoon and says, he has his own secret ne- t- technique of bending spoons. And he actually just bends it. Yeah. Like all the way. And he goes, <laughs> bends all the way around and chuckles saying, haha, muscle over mind. Because I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other two are just like, going like, Jesus Christ, I, I, if, I, if I could leave now, I would. Like, Brock is literally like, almost like packing his bag to go home to his family at this point. Like, Seriously, I don't see why Brock didn't say, look, you're, you're shit. Yeah. Like, literally, you're, I could, you're not fit for this one. I, I have a choice here. I have, either I have to follow you around for well, the rest. No, he's probably like, Sabrina's hot. I want to see her. <laughs> in, fairness, in fairness, like she, Brock, Serena isn't someone that Brock falls for, which I find it kind of kind of finds Maybe surprising. Maybe because of the whole Molly Dolly thing. To be fair, 
Yeah, maybe like but, she, she just. He probably heard about this Sabrina one. It's like, mm, that's a girl. She doesn't want. He doesn't want crazy. Yeah, but like, but he's like still like, I uh, can't say no to the girl. So mm. I want to see her, but like I let Ash deal with her. She let let him be I'll the just, actual. I'll go from afar. All right. Okay. I like that. Or maybe like again because he she he knows who he is, who she is. Yeah. Has gone gone through that phase and went. Oh no, she is. Nope. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> nope. Nope. Not going near there. Talks to dolls. She's a freak. Um, and I'm already mo- enough weird as it is. We can't have double weird. That'll just get too much. Um, so yeah, uh, it doesn't matter either way. Um, Ash says he wants to face Sabrina now. So the man obliges, guides him into an empty room with the battlefield in the center. So it's a nice looking like nice looking area, all the same. Brock saying it's more like a temple than a gym uh, area. And Misty says she's got a bad feeling. Um, I wonder if you're the psychic type trainer here, Misty. Yeah. Considering considering Starmie is water psychic, you know, just saying. Um. So yeah, she. Uh, she uh, basically says bad yeah, feeling. Sorry, just oh yeah, well, Sidup does have a. So she must have some sort of intuition there. You think so? Yeah, mm. maybe a little, maybe a latent bit of uh, knowledge. Mm. Yeah. So it's like Neil's uh, by some by some steps in the screen. Explain these trainers are trainers are here are here to challenge her. She also remarks why she would waste her time on these losers. Scoff, scoff. And mm-hmm. um, beyond the screen, we do see the kind of same dark outline from the start of the show. The little girl appears in the center of it. Um, Ash obviously recognises who, who that is girl looks up to uh, show red glowing eyes and uh, the psychic guy stands up in pain blue glow surrounding him obviously he seeks forgiveness in saying he doesn't decide who she faces and yep. um, he then runs away in fear Misty now reinforcing her belief something is wrong here Brock agrees asking who she could be Ash and asks if she is Sabrina again Brock being very coy here clearly gone like oh, I don't know who yeah. this is yeah no she definitely didn't turn me down years ago shut up um, the girl giggles away as Ash formally challenges her. The girl speaks by saying she'd love to have a match. Ash remarking that this was easy, but the girl says if he loses, he has to be your friend and has to play with her. Okay. Ash agrees unconditionally because again he's an idiot. A reason that he have to need more need to have more confidence in him. She may have telekinetic powers, but she's still only a little girl. Famous last words, Ash Ketchum. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the others going like, yeah, that's that's great. That's good. Fuck, we're going to die, aren't we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> evidently. So, um, yeah, the, the uh, screen slides open. And we see the little girl sitting on the lap of a taller girl. Her eyes open and says, it's time for us to play as the doors slam shut behind them. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, what a nice cliffhanger to end the first half of the episode. Because, yeah. obviously, we had time for an ad break. But it's also time for... Who's that Pokemon? Pokemon? Thank you. That was lovely. So, uh, since you last left us here at Who's That Pokemon, James, you have uh, taken the lead. Absolutely, and I'm trying to keep it. Yes, well, you have been in the lead before. Um, fighting words. Yeah, that is very, very much fighting words. Uh, so, uh, yes, this is my turn this time, so it's my job to try and uh, cut us off at the pass here. Yes. So, we will start off the next entry, as always, and uh, I'm going to take one from Crystal this time. So, okay. deck entry is when the temperature drops at night, it sleeps on tree trop, tree tops, hate that word, tree tops, or among roots where it is well hidden. Okay. When the temperature drops at night, it sleeps on tree tops or among roots where it is well hidden. Okay, I'll give Burke off the first guess. Uh, tree tops. Or grass roots. Something that lives in trees. 
four in the rain trees. Um, oh, something that needs to keep warm. So, oh God, I'm gonna go with. James, help it yourself. I'm going to go with Tangela. Tangela. Okay, you are both wrong. Oh, okay. okay. Right. So, the uh, next thing I'm going to give you is its height. It is four foot eleven. Evolve form, Maggie. Yeah. Okay, maybe go for primate then, okay? I don't know what size is meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> I keep coming back on the bell spread line, mm. so I'm gonna go bell spread. We'll go for bell spread, okay? Four foot! Yeah, why not? Well, with the roots, it can't be tall enough, like, but it's, they're both wrong anyway. Okay. So the next thing we're gonna give you is one of its signature moves. Okay. Sword dance. Again, is there, there, there are certain people that can learn swords dance as well, so yeah. we do kind of count this. I don't think I'm right with this, but I'm still going to take a stab in the dark and say far fetched. Far fetched. You are both wrong. And the next thing I'm going to say is it is a bug type. So I've done my job. Right I've, I've stalled just enough. So um, yeah, so it's all played for in the next episode. All very exciting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. Um, right then, so uh, again, uh, uh, it was only that giveaway. I, the way I kind of had this envisioned, because the moves were very obvious. There was like vice grip, fucking yeah. guillotine, all this sort of shit. Would have given it away. But my hope was that I'd be able to kind of get you to squirm until that point. Because like a bug type and then the location was Safari Zone. So yeah. it was a case of like, oh shit, it's either side or a pincer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's enough. I'm happy with that. So if, um, if putting it in trees is hot. That was the thing. Like, yeah. Because all the other entries were about it's like like horns. And I was like, okay, fair enough. But then this was just like trees. Like, oh, that's really throwing people off. Because yeah. as yeah. you remember, uh, in Generation 2, they had the gimmick of headbutting trees. And every now and then, there's a chance you might get a pincer. Yeah. Because it lives in trees. So, yeah. There you go, makes there you sense go. now. There you go, it all makes sense. So, the second half of the show begins with the same shot of Sabrina and the little girl sitting on the throne. Ash realizes the taller girl was Sabrina all along. And she floats out of the throne, holding the little girl as she stands in the field as the lights go on. 
So um, again, she gets getting pretty top good uh, billing here as a as a as a as an as an entity more than anything else. Um, so Sabrina says it's going to be an all-out one-on-one match. So again, in this kind of context, the gym leaders kind of set the rules here of what battle they want. Yeah. And um, because it's the same with Surge and, and so forth, so it's one-on-one for Sabrina. Uh, and Ash goes, "Yeah, fair enough. I'm happy with that." And um, the girl lets go of the uh, ball she has. It starts floating in the air. Sabrina tells Abra to come out. And Abra does and sits on the field. Uh, Ash brings a Pikachu in response and they square off in the ring. Pikachu is all hyped up for the fight, but there's actually nothing at all from Abra. It's nothing at all. Uh, Abra just hums its name. Pikachu dances around it looking for something to do. Uh, Pikachu points to it and talks to Ash, reckons, uh, reckoning that it's asleep. Or at least that's what Ash assumes. Sure, because he's, he's always right. Well, in fairness, its eyes are closed. Like it's not doing; it's just sitting there and kind meditating. of like meditating. Yeah. And uh, as we all know, anyone who meditates is automatically asleep. That's how it works. Um, and uh, thinks Sabrina is making fun of him, so he takes his Pokedex to try and see what the story is here. So the Pokedex explains, obviously calls it Abra, says it's a psychic Pokemon. It sleeps eighteen hours a day and still uses telekinesis powers in its sleep. So Missy says to be careful. So. Uh, we'll switch into battle mode here because some shit happens. So, Ash tells, <laughs> Ash tells Pikachu to use Thundershock. As it charges up, Sabrina's eyes grow, glow red, as does Abra. Abra teleports away as the shock is about to, about to hit it, and it misses. Pikachu looks confused as the Abra appears behind it. Misty sells it, saying it's teleported. Sabrina remarks, saying childish fools, as she glows blue. The Abra starts glowing white and seemingly evolves into a Kadabra. Mid-battle, which never happens in the game. Um, Ash checks a Pokedex and gets a rundown of Kadabra, saying it's obviously Abra's evolved form, uh, with powerful telekinetic attacks. Ash complains it was meant to be a one versus one, but Missy says evolving during a battle isn't against the rules. It just never happens. It just never happens, exactly. No, sorry, it never happens against Ash. No, that's true. Ash, Ash has had his Pokemon evolve in a battle and at the time. Yeah, exactly. Just so his Krabby and the um, Pokemon Link. Very true, yeah. They don't turn into the kingdom in a battle and everyone's like, yeah, cool. I have a theory of why it started off as an Abra, though. We'll get into it when we uh, sure. reason the battle. So, um, obviously, Ash thinks he can win if he can teleport away from a battle, which is actually true in a sense. So he tells Pikachu to shock the entire arena. So he builds up this kind of like cloud of lightning that shoots down at Kadabra, all aiming at him. Sabrina tells Kadabra to use confusion. It seemingly redirects lightning attack back at Pikachu, reshapes it into this kind of like demonic head that chases Pikachu down. Quite a visual, actually. And the lightning eventually hits Pikachu, Sabrina follows up with a psychic attack, and Pikachu is lifted up, and Ash thinks he's uh, back in the battle, he's, then he starts dancing, I Ash thinks it's his mind game, but he's a fucking idiot. And again, you don't even use psychic attacks here, just uh, just show off how gullible Ash is. <laughs> and so as she says that, Pikachu starts getting hurled to the roof and floor continuously, and uh, after a few kind of like massive hits, Ash decides to end the match. Um, and yeah, essentially the match is over there. So, uh, based on this battle, this uh, I think J.K. Rowling came up with the three um, unforgivable curses, um, because there's uh, Abra and Kadabra, mm. and then you've got the the was it the Curtis curse where you yeah. can take over someone and just flip them over and get them to do mad stuff, which is what's happening with. Uh, Pikachu there. So, yeah. yeah. You I, know, another crossover into a different universe, maybe. <laughs> no, I, I, know, uh, I know I know that JK Rowan gets all the stick for being a being a wagon, but um but the thing is like she definitely didn't have dibs on Abracadabra. No, they, I know. No, she <laughs> she didn't go she didn't go to like one of the a chipper down in, in Ireland and go, That's it. Yeah. That's what we should call it. <laughs> Um, no, like this was actually one of the fun. Like this is the first battle we've had in a while. Yes. Um, and it was good. I liked yeah, it. It is fun. Um, so 
here's how we so obviously when this happens we kind of like roll back the tape here and use the kind of game logic to apply to these battles to see do they actually work out does it actually play out as it should so uh, let's we'll do a tell the tape here so obviously it's a one on one battle uh, Ash will only have Pikachu here so uh, I've t- interpreted the lightning attack James as um, as a Thunderbolt I think that's kind of what they were yeah. going with with that so if that's the case um, we would reckon Pikachu is about level 26 yep. that's how it learns it naturally it doesn't actually learn naturally in red and blue but it does in yellow which is a very strange oversight now Sabrina on the other hand this is where it gets interesting because the Gadabra knows three moves that we're aware of teleport confusion and the psychic attack yeah. psychic is a big fuck off attack right once you have that you more or less win the game in yeah. certain, certain aspects um, are you saying Kadabra only learns Psychic at 38? It does learn Psychic at 38. But it also learns by TM, which is in that time. Very true. So it I, doesn't, that doesn't mean it has to be that at 38. No, not necessarily. You are right in that sense. But I'm, I'm, I'm going from the logic of like, well, at Pikachu's being clearly overpowered, it would be more likely that it's a higher level. Yeah. So when like the battle starts off as Abra, I reckon that's an illusion. Because Kadabra, like being a psychic type, will, might be able to use some form of illusion. So I think it was an Abra, it was always Kadabra, but to lull Pikachu and Ash into false sense of security, make, come across like Abra first, and then show off that it's Kadabra. It's like, oh shit, it's an even powerful, more, more powerful psychic. But um, that's my, that's my thoughts on it. But enough. Um, at least for the, back, for, this, for the purpose of this, like, uh, this uh, segment, we're treating it as if it's. Pikachu versus Kadabra, basically. Oh no, I'd agree going Pikachu versus Kadabra, but I'd also say that's just to show how broken the psychic types are, and that this is them looking to show like Sabrina has that much control yes. over it. Oh, very much that so. She yeah. can tell it, okay, you can evolve now. You can evolve now, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, we like if, if so, then we, we we can argue perhaps there's a there's a big level. I think there will be will naturally be a big level difference yeah. in this anyway, but. Um, a few little kind of like uh, uh, continuity things. Teleport doesn't actually work in a battle. It only gets to you, uh, gets you back to a Pokemon Center in the in the main in the world, basically in the overworld, or lets you flee a wild battle. A wild battle, exactly. So teleport doesn't actually make you dodge attacks, right? So that's mm-hmm. one thing. But even then, right? Like there's still a massive like level difference between the two here. Oh yeah. And um, so we still even like pound for pound, like okay, like Pikachu might have Thunderbolt. He's not going to have the speed advantage. He's not going to have the damage advantage either. So Kadabra will wipe the floor with him here. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. So yeah, no, the, the, the battle does play it as it should. And Sabrina would win. Uh, so Ash tends to the wound of Pikachu and uh, he forfeits. Um, the little girl then says he has to play with her and be her friend. The three of them start uh, glowing blue. And they get teleported somewhere else. Mm-hmm. We see a tunnel down houses, shrubs. Uh, Brock remarks that it's completely empty. So it's not Saffron City, crucially. Because, good God, we can't have greenery in Saffron City. That'd be stupid. Um, Ash starts running around, looking around, wondering where he is. Uh, he starts opening the door and just enters a house, as you do. Yep. Again, uh, very much a protagonist mindset there. <laughs> um, Absolutely. He's just the main character in a video game. That's it, yeah. yeah. He's self-aware now. Yep. That's how he gets it works. to go in and break all the pots. Yeah, exactly. That's how it works. That's a nice little link there to that uh, game. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, he did, they also laid down laid out dining table with pieces of cake that looked absolutely delicious. Ashton remarks that Sabrina wants to play with them, but they're obviously going to have lunch first because that's that makes sense. That makes sense, sure. And cake for lunch, mm, delicious, so nutritious. Uh, Brock says it's rude too, and he can't, but he can't wait for Sabrina here. So he tries to chomp down the cake, and uh, it turns out to be completely fake. Yep. Very strange, but I suppose someone had to, in a sense. They yeah. just rolled into the like, oh you're hungry now. 
and breaks his teeth on it. Uh, Ashlyn walks into the bathroom and sees a girl in the bath. Yep. It's slightly embarrassing. He's very embarrassed, in fact. Can't keep apologising enough. Says he thought that no one was home. The pink Pikachu starts tugging on his leg and uh, he knows... He, he, <laughs> yeah. No, look at the mirror. <laughs> and uh, when he does, he sees the girl in the mirror uh, looks like a doll because she has the red rosy cheeks the kind of the wooden face. Um, the girl then turns around in the water which is a bit creepy to be yeah. fair. Um, Ashton remarks she looks like a doll and everyone going yes we know as M- Missy and Brock rush to him saying that they're in a dollhouse um, Brock explaining everything here is made of the plastic including the food and he's really devastated that by the way yeah the food more so than the whole fact that they're trapped inside this nightmare a seemingly do- massive dollhouse yeah um, so you hear this thing this kind of like this uh, lead rumbling and it's Sabrina and the girl opening the roof off the dollhouse and looming very large over it so uh, the girl keeps giggling saying she can now play with them all hooray um, Ash thinks that she's after getting really tall for a little oh, girl. Christ. I mean, no, pay attention, notice your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missy corrects him saying they've just gotten really small. Honey, we shrunk the protagonists. <laughs> uh, the girl keeps giggling as Sabrina looks on. Her arm comes down to the dollhouse, tries to grab them, uh, and they run away, narrowly dodging her hand. So as they're running for their lives, they realise that she has shrunk them with telekinesis and are now trapped in seemingly her toy box, meaning that they're trapped and Sabrina's definitely going to play with them. Like they, they, they actually can't get out because yeah. they know there's no escape from this. This is where I think they missed a mark. Like they could have had any trainer that loses is in the toy box, and they could have had like areas littered with trainers that have been turned into dolls. Do you know, it would have been actually. Now that I'm thinking of it, it wouldn't have been good if this was the end of the episode, and the next episode is just them trying to get out of the toy box. Oh yeah, they could. If, if they wanted, to, they could have filled this out. Like they could oh, have yeah. had a, a four episodes into this, but. It's kind of a pity in the end that he didn't do it that way. Yeah. Because, like, imagine if fucking Gary O put him in there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, if, Ga- if Sabrina, if Gary got beaten by Sabrina, they all have to work together now to get there. That's pretty good, like. Well, Gary wouldn't lose to Sabrina. No, but that's, that's the thing. If you want, if this was, like, later on in the series, yeah. and I really wanted to show how strong well, Sabrina you, was. You, you could have your butterfly trainer, or your uh, bug catcher po- trainer, and your... AJ. Yeah. AJ yeah. would have been the father for that, yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. It's like, goddamn, fucking sand slash, didn't do the fucking thing, and he did but yeah, no, I would think they could have had like a, a they could have gone real horror show with this. They could have, yeah, and shown like here's all the trainers that she's beaten, mm, and they're all like, yeah, and, and they're all dollified. Yeah, exactly. Which we will see in a couple of weeks in a couple of weeks time. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. Um, so yeah, as we see, as they say that, then we zoom out to see Sabrina and the girl standing over this massive toy town. Um, stretching over a long table they don't have money for that by the way but, yeah. you know, I suppose like uh, if you have the funds if you're a gym leader you can do whatever the fuck you want like, yeah. you know um, the girl keeps laughing as she uh, sees her eyes are, are the same colour as Sabrina's which is a bit of a clue for what's going yeah. on here uh, everyone keeps uh, running until they reach what Brock says is a dead end but it's in fact a very strange like a family picture of the little girl and her parents which is again more little clues and little hints being thrown in here because um if you're not watching the episode, the little girl and Sabrina kind of has a similar hair colour. Yeah. But, like, Sabrina is darker and like, the little girl kind of, like, more of a darker green. Whereas Sabrina's, like, much darker than that. And so um, we hear more kind of crashing noises then as they stop. Uh, they turn around to see the little girl walking towards them. They're actually in the town, tearing over them, bouncing a ball. And obviously they're trapped. She stops saying she wants to play catch with them. She drops the ball and it starts rolling at speed towards them. Which is a bit, oh shit, we're going to die. Um, so at the but just the last second someone appears in front of him and it's a jogger from before telling him to, to align their minds with him and uh, his eyes glow red as he shouts teleportation everyone disappears just before the ball hits it's a Pokemon 
Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's he, he is in fact the Alakazam. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, th- that steals my theory. I was going. Ah oh, <laughs> shit! <laughs> that would have been good. Should have shouted earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's out of his arms. They're all against me. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have explained, but Burke wasn't wearing a tinfoil hat for some reason for this episode. This actually explains why now. And <laughs> um, so everyone disappears just before the ball hits the frame picture and bounces back to the girl. She blankly says, "It was fun, but they should play again sometime." As fucking like the like, exercise. I don't feel like that was even enough play. Like if you're, you know, looking to play with dolls, you just throw a ball at them and they run away. Like. How can you get bored of that? Like, you want to hit them. She got one round of three pin bowling. Yeah. Yes. You know, that's just, like, such a short attention span. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I like they were criticising now her attention span rather than, like, the, oh, she's a creepy doll girl. Um, <laughs> she's a molly dolly. She's a molly dolly, yeah, yeah exactly. Molly dolly. As if that makes it any better. Like, okay. Anyway, so Sabrina Sterney looks on at Depressionist. The tree walk back to the real Saffron City. Brock recognises straight away that they're back. Once they have their bearings, the jogger looking on. Ash thanks him for his help, but Missy asks why. Uh, the man says that Sabrina is a dangerous Pokemon trainer, warning he won't be able to help them next time because he'll be away for plot reasons. <laughs> They'll be trapped in her toy box for eternity. He says to forget the crazy idea of challenging Sabrina and to leave Saffron City and completely forget the other gym that just happens to be next door. And... Um, Ash says he can't do that. He needs the marsh badge. So he's adamant. He, even if there are extra badges going around, he has to get the marsh badge. Almost like out of point of principle. He just needs it. Um, so uh, the man says he'll never be able to defeat Sabrina. But Ash argues he needs a quicker attack before she uses her psychic powers. Because with a psychic, speed is crucial. You know, like you don't want him to be able to like, to predict what you're going to do next. <laughs> yeah, you want to just you know get those moves out before they can predict what you're going to do. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Just like, okay, we're going to go with the speed of life. Fuck you. Let's see how quick that brain is. Uh, so the man lifts his head and starts, shows his glowing eyes again. Ash starts to go himself. And he gets dropped. I mean, suddenly, he starts doing a thriller dance as well, which I found Meanwhile, brilliant. Meanwhile, Pikachu says, oh, look, he's feeling, he, he's feeling brave. He's <laughs> even willing to do a dance. <laughs> I love that. It's more of a case of, and then someone else is going like, oh, someone didn't change her underwear today. Ah, ah, someone called Delia. Oh, wait, she's not busy? Oh, I wonder why she's busy. Mystery to us all. And um, so the man asked then if Ash can't defeat him, he'd have no chance against Sabrina. Ash sorts himself out, asks the man about his telekinesis and if he can teach him to use psychic powers. The man points his finger and with a little blow, Ash is shoved away over to the ground. And this kind of repeats back and forth then. The man says, if you're naturally you're born with telekinetic powers, they can't be taught. Hmm, that's an interesting thing to say, old man. At an academy where people are training to be psychics. (laughs) Ash then, uh, yeah, to be fair, that's why he's not allowed allowed in, because he just ruins the surprise for them, you know. But um, Ash uh, isn't content with that, ignoring the warnings of his teammates. Slowly moving towards the man, uh, he says he needs to have the guts to face Sabrina. He gets close, man hurls Ash up in the air and down to the ground, saying he needs to wise up. Guts do not matter when it comes to psychics. Which is true. It's almost like brains over brawn or something like that. Must uh, overmind. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Brock and Missy tell uh, Ash to uh, stop. He gets up again, starts approaching the man one more time. Keeps trying to freeze, a- freeze Ash in position with the next psychic attack, but uh, Ash keeps crawling towards him. And uh, at this point, the man kind of goes, ooh, hello. And um, so, it, apparently this guy is so stubborn and stupid. <laughs> yep. He's resisting my psychic attacks. But I suppose like if it's an if it's an attack on the mind. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I was gonna say is like there's not too much there to attack. 
if he's attacking the mind with Ash. Mm. You know. Like he's able to read Ash's mind so he can predict the attack, but Ash doesn't have a plan. It's like Fry for Futurama. Like, yeah. the, brain, the brain slows can affect him because there is no brain. Yeah. Thank you. Or like, ho- like zooming into Homer's brain. Thank you. It was cold down there on the floor. Uh, so yeah, uh, pleading that he needs to beat Sabrina for the March badge, Ash grabs the man's foot as he collapses to the ground. Um, so he remarks, oh, you're one determined kid. Why can't I read your mind? Um, he says there might be one way of defeating Sabrina, but there's only one type of Pokemon that can defeat psychic types. Oh, didn't you get that wrong? <laughs> if he catches a ghost Pokemon from nearby Lavender Town, he may have a chance. Ash repeats what he said, says thank you and passes out as the old man teleports away. Everyone else runs to Ash, gets him back on his feet. And, and Ash immediately tells him they're going to Lavender Town. The man appears on a nearby tree trunk and remarks that this kid might be the one to finally rescue Oh my Sabrina. god, the guy's a pincer. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's all going to trigger along. Yes, I'm the one pincer that can use psychic attacks. Look, he, he was cold. He went into a tree. Yes, it was a pincer that had action replay. That's what it was. Um, Jesus Christ, what a proposition that is. Um, the sun sets as the, as the narrator catches up on the plot, the mysteries of the episode. They set off. Meowth is trying to follow them with the frozen um, Jesse and James in tow, saying it's a real drag. Because again, we were so close. <sighs> we were so close to a Meowthless like episode, but alas. Oh yeah. And uh, James suggests they contact the psychic hotline to end the, end the episode. I do think that um, at least one of the trio should have been left behind in the toy box, <laughs> and that like. Keep the horror tongue going. That yeah, they, they have to actually come back for them. Yeah. Mm. Well, in fairness, they kind of did that in the follow-up episode. Oh, I know they do, but they yeah. could have like won. Kept by it one. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just point out, you could probably lose Brock sooner than you'd lose Misty. Perhaps. So, yeah, yeah. Because um, it's not like I don't know, kind of getting ahead of myself mm. on this. Brock and Misty don't play too much of a role in the Lavender Town episode. That is true. Yes. So you could have gotten rid of Brock. Ash and Misty now say, right, we have to go get a ghost mm. so that we can save Brock. Yes. And so I, I see what you mean, yeah. You could have just said, like, well, or even if Brock and Misty were just, like, kept in the toy box, it was Ash that was saved. Yeah. Ash has to do it himself, therefore that's given more character on him. So, yeah, I, I see where it's from. Um, but there's a lot of comedy in the next episode, so I think they kind of, like, kept him in to, to get the banter going. Some hilarious comedy. Yes. Yeah. Slapstick. Slapstick, there you go. Yeah, okay. Bert was scoffing at Laurel and Hardy and the Marx Brothers there to spin in their graves. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like Tom and Jerry. Is this true? I don't know what you... No. Slapstick. I... Oh, you're very defensive. Oh, oh you're very defensive at this. I, I, I oh, so like oh hello. We almost have started. this. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting a lot from this now, aren't we? Yeah. I know. I... I... Itchy and scratchy, she turns off whenever the Simpsons have that on. She's more of a worker and parasite type girl, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, uh, I will say in um, back in the days, I had a novelization set of a number of episodes from the TV show written as books, right. but with more of a view of from the Pokemon's point of view. Okay. So I don't know where I got them as a present, and I don't know what like what trolley they. Well, they actually like written in English, or was it just like Bulbasaur, Bulbasaur, Bulbasaur? <laughs> no, there was English written, um, but the captions were all in Pokemon. Ah, right. Um, but the um, yeah, you kind of got from the Pokemon's point of view of the net this kind of series. So like, what's actually happening in their in the toy box mm. in the next episode? Um, so yeah. 
James has it up on screen there. Well, there you go. How about that? So there. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, in the next episode, it was particularly well done in terms from the Pokemon point of view. Yes. Like, having read the novel version of it and then mm. watching the episode, you actually don't get how... <laughs> One leads into the other type. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. I actually just see it there. It was a showdown in the uh, Haunted Terror, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that, that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, Night in the Haunted Terror. There we go. I think I had the one for Island of the Giant Pokemon. But it's mostly from the Pokemon's point of yeah. view. So like in the episode, we do get to see what the Pokemon's point of view is. Mm. I think I had, yeah, I had the entire set. Wow. Yeah, this isn't really... I don't think I got the I, like, I definitely got it as like, someone's like, oh, you like Pokemon, here's books. Mm. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's fair enough, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, they're probably like fucking like antiques now at this age. Yeah, if I, if I could find them, they'd probably be worth something. Like yeah, that. absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, let's jump into the uh, Pokedex in. So we do have two new entries for the first yeah. time in a while, and there's of course Abra and Kadabra. So um, it goes without saying that um, Abra is obviously based off uh, the phrase Abra Kadabra, hence yeah. why the evolution. So here's a few things like um, you might find interesting. So. Uh, in the beta, now we mentioned like uh, some of the beta names for the Pokemon are quite funny, like yeah. LA and NY for Coffin and Weezing. Funny enough, Abra and Kadabra were originally called Hocus and Pocus. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. okay. So that's what they were called there. Uh, and yeah, there's not much to say about Abra itself, but um, here's actually a question. Let's see if you if you kind of suss this out. Um, what animal do you think Abra is meant to be? Shrew. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I probably agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Again, it's not much in terms of what it could be, but people reckon it may be a goat. I don't see that. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's it's a very strange one, right? So uh, it's a, kind of like a few little kind of contrivances here, but they also might think it might be an opossum because it sleeps 18 hours a day. Yeah, that actually that makes a bit more sense. And it's slightly feline as well, so you might think it perhaps it's supposed to be kind of a cat-like as well. Mm. But like... If it was, it'd be have to be like a Siamese, but it's 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 definitely not the case there. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think the closest thing you'd probably say to Abra is as meant to be a possum. Yeah, okay, I'd take possum over. Mm. Yeah, goat. yes. I don't see a goat. I, I neither do I now. In fairness, but um, it's it, I think the idea was that the both of them, like goats and perhaps foxes, have a sort of a psychic like uh, attachment. If you like, they're, they're often used in kind of like a psychic, uh, uh, I, mystic uh, forms. But uh, I think it's an opos- a possum as well. To be honest. If, if, it, if it was going to be any fucking uh, animal, it'd be that, you know. I think there's like, um, I think it's a kitsune is a Japanese fox. And yes. It kind of looks like that. It, it's meant to be a nine, yeah. So, um, same as like, nine, same nine as like tails, nine yeah. tails, kind of has the same kind of facial, same kind of facial. Facial structure, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, I'm kind of thinking that because um, in Zelda there's um kitsune mask in Majora's mask. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, how it looked. It kind of looked it had a fox-like face. Yeah, yeah. Abra kind of has that face as well. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, fun, fun fact, actually, by the way. So obviously, Abra is called um, is called in most of the European languages, but in Japan, it's called Casey. Right. So the reason it's called that is because of a man called Edgar Case, who was a psychic famous for self-induced trances. Okay. So in Japan, he's called Casey after a psychic. Oh. So there you go. That makes sense. Very. Um, now, moving on to his evolved form, Kadabra. So, again, same same kind of gimmick here. Now, this is actually a very funny story to, to Kadabra here. But, um, again, uh, in the base, he was called Pocus. Um, and uh, 
Again, not, not not very much like a kind of. This is more like a, a humanoid type mm-hmm. shape, obviously. The kind of whatever animal attachment is gone at this stage, but it still kind of has like a, that kind of fox-like face, if you like. And they've yeah. got the, the the mustache is there now, which has been used a few times for foxes as well yeah. for certain things. Um, and and uh, yeah, it, it's the symbols on the forehead and the abdomen are supposed to be for Zener cards, which is like for uh, ESP and clairvoyance experiments. You know, mm-hmm. like the stars and the the uh, shapes and all that. And uh, yeah, so that's the kind of uh, the gimmick there. Now, really funny story about Kadabra, right? So in 1999, uh, when Pokemon was released, Nintendo was sued by non psychic and complete ponce Yuri Geller. Yep. Because of Abracadabra. Of Kadabra. So, uh, the <laughs> the Japanese name for, for Kadabra is Yungerer, which is supposed to be a corruption of Yuri Geller. Okay. Right? So when Yuri Geller and his people found out about this, he sued Nintendo for using his likeness as Kadabra because of the spoons. Right. Because remember, like, Yuri Geller around this time was doing, like, fucking, like, GNTV and bending yeah. spoons and pretending to be really smart. And... It is essentially a case of like, well, you have spoons in the character and naturally Geller saw that as copyright gimmick infringement essentially yeah, yeah. and tried to sue Nintendo for that. Okay, I can understand, but like I don't think, he didn't win, surely. No, okay. no, of course not, no, definitely not. But it was a case of like, it was more a case is, of is like... It, is it because he was annoyed that he was given a small penis? <laughs> now that you've... Stop hovering over it, James. Jesus Christ, that's awful. Um, no, I don't. I, I don't know if it's that. I think it's more of a case of if the penis Kadabra had was bigger, would you regain her mind? Why are you asking these questions? I don't want to know. Hey, that's the stuff I want to know. Well, then you stop looking at it, then. Jesus Christ! <laughs> How people. can you not? It's it's not necessarily there. How has this not been a thing that people talk about all the time? Bert, but you'd be shocked to hear not many people in the normal world talk about Pokemon penises, and we don't really want to. But they're on show. In this case, anyone who's listening or watching this. Go Google a picture of Kadabra and see its penis. Don't. Ignore her. Ignore this woman (laughs) and her weird fucking fantasies. Anyway, um, so yeah, exactly. So Kadabra was uh, part of a lawsuit between Nintendo and Yuri Geller, which I find find hilarious. But um, but there you go. So a knock-on from that was that after that attempted, after the suing incident, Mm -hmm. you can't get a Kadabra card anymore in the Pokemon card game. Oh, that is a bit of a knock-on, all right. Yeah. Oh, my God, I definitely had one. I had a cadaver as well. Absolutely Couldn't had one. Couldn't get one after that original set. Ooh. Oh. oh, that's cruel. Because I know I had a cadaver. And I know my Pokemon cards are gone forever. Yes. We we, we, were, talk, we were talking about it previously. Um, just to remind you, I had a, a Mew. Well, actually, I'm just seeing here, as he just retracted it. Yes. Yeah. It was a year, buddy, six months ago to a year ago. Yuri Geller retracted the ban that was put on the Kadabra card. 20 years is a long time, in fairness, yep. to, to hold a grudge against a fictional fucking Pokemon. But there you go. Um, so, penis. <laughs> Yuri Geller and his tiny penis. <laughs> that's probably why the psychic in the game and the show had the weird accent, because it was just the assumption, well, like, Yuri Geller has a strange accent. He's coming, yeah. He comes from Europe. That's all make all psychics sound weird. Um, but yeah, there you go, lads. So uh, that is the um, the first in the uh, story of uh, Sabrina and uh, the psychic Pokemon that dominate Generation 1. Um, so uh, there you have it, lads. Uh, when we come back, we are indeed going to be going to Lavender Town and our journey to uh, finding a ghost Pokemon to take on Sabrina. Because bugs don't exist. 
Bolts are definitely not strong against Celtic type. Ignore us when you say this. Um, but that's irrelevant to the, t- to the time at hand. So, uh, thank you very much for listening to this uh, episode. And we will see you next time for it. Uh, if you have enjoyed us, obviously you may be listening to us on the Low Blows Network. So please follow uh, for more of the same. Or you may want to uh, check out their weekly wrestling show. Where they talk everything that's been going on in the world of wrestling. Or maybe their Ask Low Blows. Where they... Uh, you uh, can ask them a question and they will give you a uh, definite answer whether it's a good or bad one is up to them <laughs> no. um, or perhaps you're watching us on the Nerds Rose channel in video form if, if, if so thank you very much for watching and uh, we'll see you next week when we meet some ghost Pokemon Ooh. Ooh. very spooky <laughs> <laughs>